0: Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Move, I don't get hold of do Give me everything
1: you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Right, here we go. Touchdown!
0: You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right Another of the week, and we are back for another episode here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 187. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where the two guys on either side of me, Chris McPherson, Ben Fennel, we're going to break down day two of practice here at training camp at the Novacare Complex in South Philadelphia. Let's get things started. Let's talk about the day that was in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for chalk talk. All right, so this was a light day of practice at the Novacare Complex, and I'm going to start things off with you, C-Mac. The play of the day in the light in the light practice. What was the play of the day for you? And your play
2: mind? of the day was delivered by a quarterback, okay. you would not expect, and a wide receiver. Oh, okay, you would not expect. I would agree with you. How about Cody Kessler? Going deep down the left side for none other than Carlton Agadosi. Your boy, Ben. First-year receiver was a rookie for agent of the Arizona Cardinals last year. Product of Rutgers, 6'6", 220 pounds. Uh, Just mossed Jeremiah McKinnon. I mean, McKinnon had no chance. I mean, when you have 6'6", you throw the ball up there. Perfect pass, you know. There's
1: good coverage by McKinnon. He was in yeah. great position. Great Turned, position, found the ball and everything.
2: But sometimes, a well, six-foot DB all.
1: against a six-six, you know, wide receiver. Sometimes, either the results.
2: Yeah. So that drew the the oohs and odds from the crowd. Uh, you guys did a phenomenal job breaking down practice because. Again, it was a lot. there were a lot of teaching periods yep. today. There was a 7-on-7 seven seven period. There was an 11-on-11 11 11 session, but overall a lot of teaching going on. But I think you guys did a great job of finding some of the nuances that people were trying to, to showcase. Uh, when it comes to the, the play of date that almost was for me, it was mm. Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson who was a corner fade that just a little little too much on just – over his outstretched hands. If he had connected on that one, Frank, I think you even point out in the practice notes how all the fans that were in attendance were like, "Wait, you, heard the, to you heard
0: the volume, the volume like rose up in the crowd a little bit. Even though like, you know, again, it was a slow day of practice, It wasn't like uh, the crowd was buzzing all day, but when the ball's in the air and they saw it was Deshaun and he was just a little bit, he had a couple steps on the receiver on the DB, everyone was like, <gasps> <laughs> and it just, just fell just short. But, you want yeah. something. So.
2: Yeah. Uh, but Agrodosi, interesting background. He, he told me today after practice that he's had eight different position coaches in the last eight years That's that he's wild. had to work with. Uh, Last year, being in Arizona, he was working with Larry Fitzgerald, got a chance to learn from him. Uh, He had an appendectomy late in camp, so that sidelined him and kind of derailed him there. Uh, And he's in Philadelphia learning from Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, and you know, obviously everyone says, well, if he's 6'6 and Deshaun's 5'10, what are you learning from him? But it's just the way he approaches the game, the way he runs the routes. Because I I asked Carlton, I'm like, look, great, you're 6'6, you go down the sideline, but unless you have the moves, the agility what else are you going to bring to the table? And he said that I f- he feels like that the intermediate part of his game is very strong, so uh, he's hoping to find, find a spot here. They may China. be you know,
1: different shapes and sizes, but they're all in the same business of getting open and yeah. catching the football. So whether one's 5'10 and fast and one's 6'6 six, six and a tall glass of water, they're all in the same business here at the end of the day.
0: And they all have to go and watch film themselves. they got to go and train. They've got to go to the training table. They've got to they've do everything that goes into being a pro. So uh, it makes sense that you would find one. Uh, the catch, I thought you did a good job of uh, in the notes of describing the catch th- uh, between Carson and Deshaun in the 7-on-7 seven
1: seven period. Yeah, that was one of the highlight completions of the day, Deshaun getting down the field in that intermediate window. But the placement of Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson hanging in the air, just that extra count to kind of pirouette around on a ball that Carson left to the inside away from the two defenders that were sitting outside. Really interesting placement, nice grab. Deshaun immediately got up the field. I think you're just starting to see that kind of rapport and communication and just for lack of a better word, just comfortable with some of these new players around him already. It seems to be uh, already hitting stride and looking like they're in midseason form.
0: Can I say that the number one takeaway for me from that period, from the 7-on-7 period, was uh, Carson Wentz was on the field for seven plays? It was seven throws. It was seven completions to seven different receivers. So he opened it up. Dallas Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey, Darren Sproles, Mac Hollins, Deshaun on that spinning uh, catch down the sideline, Zach Gertz, Josh Adams in succession. I thought that was pretty cool to see.
2: When I'm going through the practice notes, and mine are nowhere near, near as detailed as your guys are. Um, you know, I'm just trying to figure out who basically made the plays. Who is the quarterback in on there? Who do he throw to? Is there anything noteworthy about the route, the catch, the placement of the ball? You guys, you know, go through the notes; they're so detailed. And then when I go to read the notes that you sent over, Frank, it's like
1: you put out a stat like that, and I'm like, nobody else is getting that. That's why well, you were on the best. Somebody, somebody it's a collective it. process, yeah. too. You know, you blink for a second in live action, you might have missed something. So you know, it's a bit of a think tank when we go back. Hey, what did you see of on course, that play? Course. And a bit of a back and forth. So it's really tough to pick up on all 22 players on the field at once in live action, not having that all 22 tape to go watch afterwards. We really have to rely on each other on what we saw. So can what, add real,
2: real quick, yeah. uh, in that seven on seven, among those seven receptions, there was a pass to Zach Ertz. You mentioned the one that Ertz completion. I just thought it was a perfectly placed ball. I forget who the linebacker in coverage was, but again, the defender had no chance because it was a little bit of an outstretched grab for Ertz. But it was right just up above the face the, mask, yeah. just, right, just right there. It, it was just the, the connect. Obviously, they have a strong connection with Ertz coming off the season that he had last year, but again, just amazing placement, and it's just it's impossible. It's impossible to defend some of these receivers just when you have the size of the playmakers and a quarterback who could put the ball in a pinpoint location. If
1: I remember that play correctly, they were coming at us in the crowd, you down at the, yep. uh, the end zone there, and it was just a deep in-breaker, and you just saw that window open. The Carson really led Ertz kind of to the inside, and Ertz just came right into the window, and it was perfectly thrown ball. Uh, looks very clean. There. I don't want
0: to reiterate what I said yesterday. We're not we're not going to be in the business uh, over the course of camp of like overhyping anything and giving but it seems like over two practices, a handful of team periods, and you made the point in today's notes, Carson looks sharp.
1: Yes, no yeah. question he looks sharp. Just the accuracy, the velocity, the decision making, but that's what we've come to expect with Carson. No Once entering his fourth year, we've seen the caliber of play that he, you know, has the ability to bless us with. It's more of when the live bullets come about and when we start having some real pass rush and we get into maybe the preseason games or even week one, I need to see him with some you know, some heat around him mm-hmm. and stepping up, moving in the pocket, keeping his eyes up. A little bit more of having some live bullets around him, but when you keep him clean and he has that red jersey on, he's going to shred these defenses, which he has.
2: Going back to the first seven passes in the seven-on-seven seven, yeah, and Carson, his performance, just he's so comfortable in the offense. He seems like he truly grasps and understands the offense. He's aware of where the playmakers are. He can go through the progressions and just know where everyone's supposed to be. It's like, all right, if that's taken away, that's taken away. Boom, I got the third option over here. Yep. So he, he's like a point guard out there. Because you're seeing a lot of short, quick passes, screens to the flats. You know, Just distribute the ball. Yep. Look at the talent all around you. Great offensive line in front of you. Let them go
1: make the place. Right. Just let them make the plays. It's great to watch the maturation process that he's now a veteran. In his fourth year, he's instructing the younger quarterbacks on what to do and what he's looking at, maybe talking to some, some of the younger skilled players when just two years ago, 18 months ago, he was getting instructions and he still needed those points. And going from the rookie, the young player, into a veteran presence, it's a really cool kind of process just to watch the development. And now we see Carson Wentz, franchise quarterback, veteran of the group, just yesterday, he was a rookie, and we kind of didn't know yep. what to expect. It's just fun to kind of watch the whole process.
0: Uh, can I say, bringing it back to Carlton Agadosi and just the, that receiving core, mm-hmm. this is something, Ben, you and I talked about this on the sideline yesterday at practice. Any other year, you know, you think back to even three three years ago, two years ago, we'd be talking about, man, Carlton Agadosi. Like, he he could be challenged for a roster spot. Mark and Michelle, like, he could be challenged for a roster spot. Uh, Greg Ward, Braxton Miller, we'd be talking about this. You look at this receiving core and where it's come since Doug Peterson's first year in 2016 to where it is now. I mean, it is one of the deepest receiving cores in football. Uh, it's going to be very, very tough for those guys to be able to make it. But any other year, I think that'd be the buzz: is like, oh, who's the who's the, the, the free agent? Are they you know the free agent edition? Are they? Who's uh, the, Afani the Yeah, who who is that guy the this Paul year? Turner. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that these guys uh, – it's going to be tough. I'll say that. It's going to be very, very tough because you know, you know what you've got in the, the first three between DeSean, Alshon, Nelson. You have Mac Collins coming back. You've got the, the rookie second-round pick in J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Shelton Gibson was a really good gunner last year on special teams. It's going to be very, very tough. Those guys have to be able to earn it really on special teams, I think.
1: And it's just interesting to see who embraces the roles when you start talking the practice squad, the scout team, the look teams. Yep. You kind of want different players and shapes and sizes and abilities to kind of replicate some of the players you're going to be facing each week. So there's a kind of a twofold thought to that. Hey, we need to bolster our own depth if somebody goes down. But we also want unique players to contribute and to make our team stronger on the scout team, the practice squad. And when I look at guys like Agadosi, who's 6'6", tall glass of water, is now in his third year in the NFL, that's kind of the recipe of a player you want kind of hanging around on the team, even if he can't make the roster.
0: I think if we change the the discussion now over to the defensive side of the ball, um, you spent a lot of time watching the DBs today during individuals. We both watched the linebackers for a little bit early in practice as well. Uh, we did talk about this a little bit in the in the the notes section, but I uh, want to talk about that linebacker group because I think it's going to be very very interesting. You know, uh, Ben, we watched them uh, during stretch and we're just talking. And, you know, you, you've got Nigel Bradham, uh, you've got Kamu Gruje Hill. And then it's a bunch of guys that are just such interesting stories, right? I mean, you've got a couple free agent additions with Zach Brown uh, and LJ Fort. You've got a couple holdovers. Obviously, you have Nate Gary, who was drafted a couple years ago, former college safety. Uh, then you've got um, the other holdover with Paul Warlow mm-hmm. coming off injury. A couple ro- undrafted rookies with uh, uh, Joey Alfieri and TJ Edwards. And you kind of juxtapose those guys. It's. It's a really interesting group. And then you throw in an Alex Singleton from the CFL. A bunch of interesting stories. It's going to make for a great competition. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch these guys kind of compete for what we would imagine would be three, maybe four spots.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing, one of the things that I jot down to is Watching the chemistry develop, yeah. Okay, because you're going to have the different pairings out there on the field. What are
0: the What are the pairings that we've seen? So, I know you track. You tracked a little bit. What have the pairings been as CMAC brings that up?
1: Uh, just from the base defense, as you had mentioned, we saw Zach Brown, Nigel Bradham, and uh, Kamu Gruje yep. Hill kind of in that base defense as a starting three linebackers. But we know it's a sub league, and there's typically only two linebackers on the field. Mm-hmm. We would see Zach Brown come off, keep Kamu and Nigel, the existing members. Uh, they may just be out there because they're the veterans of the defense. They may be out there because they're first in the pecking order. And then kind of next off the bench was Nate Gary. He stepped in for Nigel in team. In team because yep. Nigel, coming off the injury, yep. wasn't participating in the full period. And then LJ4, Orlo and then some of those rookies in the CFL More kid, uh, as you had mentioned there. But I don't like to put too much emphasis on the pecking order on the exactly. first couple days yep. in practice. But just little notes we're making on uh, who's up. Sure,
2: I, I think looking at Kamu Grugier-Hill, he's the guy that I think the coaching staff, Ken Flagel raved about him in the spring, that they want him to take the next step. And you've written about this before, Fran, how Kamu Grugier-Hill is sort of the the modern-day linebacker in the NFL where he was a hybrid linebacker safety at Eastern Illinois, and now he's a full-time linebacker. And, you know, he has the athleticism, the coverage ability, but enough size to hold up against the run. And, you know, you talk about maturation, Ben, it's that's something that Kamu has done going from a special teams player, role player to special teams captain, you know, role player on defense to now he's gonna be looked at to be I think the the pairing with Nigel Brown. I think ultimately that's probably what the Eagles would want to see. Uh, but Nate Gary is someone who's very smart and knows
0: the defense. I know Kent and Coach Flagell spoke very highly of him in the spring as well. Yeah, just that he's
2: the smartest player on the team and you know, is, and knows the defense inside and out and can play all three positions. Uh, but Zach Brown, don't dismiss him. He came on late in the spring, but he has the veteran experience and the playmaking ability. Mm-hmm. So like I said, there's May sort of LJ Fort with his rise of, from becoming a from a special teams player primarily to a you know a defensive star late last season with the Steelers, so a lot of great competition. And then you mentioned some of those undrafted rookies with Alfieri and Edwards. Flagel said, those are two of the best rookie free agents we've had, period, since he's been here in mm-hmm. Philadelphia.
1: You know, just going back to Kamu and the kind of transition into being a major contributor on defense this year, I want to see how involved he's going to be on special teams. Yeah. He was kind of the special teams captain after Chris Maragos, who recently retired. There's a bit of a void there to see who's going to be the special teams captain of the group. Will it be Kamu or will he be focusing so much more on defense as it looks like his role and participation's uh you know definitely increased in 2019? So that you know, personal protector, that special teams captain, that's a nice position for somebody to really embrace, whether it's a backup linebacker, backup safety, backup running back. I think there's definitely a spot there for somebody to embrace that spot and say, you know what? Special teams, that's going to be my role this year, wherever I can help out.
0: Well, and I want to, while we're talking about linebackers, one of our questions uh, did come in. This was actually uh, asked me you know, on Twitter uh, last night. So, at SoFloBirds asks, have any of y'all done research about the linebacker we got from the CFL, Singleton? I want to see what he's like. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I haven't studied Singleton on film. I know he, the back. you may know a little bit more about the backstory, story, c than I do, but it was really productive in the CFL. I think he had over 300 tackles over the last couple of years. Um, Flash, watch, you know, watch and practice, he's, he's explosive, he's rangy, he's kind of long. He's going to be interesting. I'm excited to watch him in the summer, in the preseason.
2: I think over 300 tackles during his time in the CFL, yeah. a Montana State product. Uh, someone who Flagell said, called him a tough nut, You know, the right. exact quote there, and said, expect him to thrive when the pads go on, which mm. they do on Saturday. So
0: tomorrow will be interesting.
2: It's really
1: going to
0: start ramping up tomorrow. You made a comment when we were looking him up yesterday about uh, the high school that he went to. Yeah, Thousand
1: Oaks, which is a uh, one of the more prominent, I think, public schools out there in California. That's pumped out, you know, numerous athletes, whether it's basketball, baseball, football. So that's a kid that's played some some pretty, uh, you know, elite football in high school. Obviously, going to Montana State and then playing in CFL. It's a professional football league in the CFL. So mm. playing a couple of years out there definitely shows on the field. He's not one of these wide eyed rookies. He looks like he belongs. It's just whether there's a spot on the Philadelphia Eagles for him in 2019.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, certainly a guy that I'm excited to watch here in preseason. Another question we got from at sc Eagles fan one. Uh, I would like each of you to tell me your starters at corner and on the outside and in the slot day one. It's early for us to say, and you know what? The other thing, t- it's tough with, with the injuries. You know, Ronald Darby's coming back yeah. from injury. Jalen Mills is on pup right now, um, so it's it's impossible for us to be able to say who it is, but. It is going. That's another group that's to me like, and we've talked about this. I think on the big question, mm-hmm. uh, I think was it was it last week where one of the best the things that I'm most excited to see is just watch this secondary <laughs> compete. Like yeah. I love watching all the because so many guys have experience starting in the NFL, experience inside outside. Yeah. It's a young group. It's a hungry group. So watching those guys battle it out. But it's another group too where you know you look Jeremiah McKinnon like you know he he got some buzz in the spring. It's going to be tough for Jeremiah McKinnon to make this roster because you look at the depth at corner, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for that guy.
2: You know why I'm laughing. That? Because you've said that that's your position to that's watch for the last three years. Exactly. It is. Like every year, you come to camp. I can't wait to watch the quarterbacks. But I it's like, yeah, it's true though.
0: I love watching, and Corey uh, Unlin does a great job coaching that group. He's always a fun group to go over and watch during individuals. And I w- was watching them a little bit today. Uh, I described one of the drills that I watched uh, in the notes section. You can go check that out. But uh, the secondary is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to it's going to be really interesting just to watch and see how that group uh, how that group kind of comes under uh, or comes into its own this fall.
2: The silver lining. For a season like the Eagles had in 2018, when I think 10 corners had to play at some point during the regular season, yep, which is crazy, is the fact that you have, A, the game experience at a, an Avante Maddox who probably, if everyone stayed healthy, wouldn't really have seen the field yep. in 2018. Not only did he see the field, but he's played outside, he's played the slot, and he's played safety. Yep. Okay, And now you have that versatility with guys like him, Sidney mm-hmm. Jones, that... You know, these guys were able to get that kind of experience. So obviously, it was tough watching the growing pains unfold in 2018, but we're seeing the fruit of that now as we go into training camp.
1: Here. Yeah, it's always a funny process with some rookies. Hey, if all goes well, we shouldn't need you. But that's rarely ever what happens in the NFL. (laughs) Depth wins. Depth matters. You're typically going to need those second, third, maybe fourth, fifth guys, as we got into last year. And Avante Maddox is one of the guys that really stood out today. And just watching the drills, yeah, he's much like he's much more comfortable, much more confident into his second year. Not that wide-eyed rookie trying to just figure out where to show up to work every day. You just see he's playing faster. And I love the drills with defensive backs when you have several guys going on a similar plane and you watch them from the side you could see who breaks in and out faster who can finish the drill faster who has that burst and when you get to see them all at once Avante Maddox was consistently one of the first guys to finish mm. his drills, getting in and out of his breaks faster, bursting to the finish faster, catching nearly everything. Just a guy that's looking much more confident, comfortable. I don't care what line he's on, whether it's the, you know with the starters or the second team, third team. Sometimes he's in the last group with a couple of undrafted free agents. Yep. But the competitiveness and just consistently being some of the first ones to finish the drill, just somebody I'm really excited to watch this summer.
2: Was that a flat plane? or their hills. <laughs>
1: that on was a course. flat plane. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Another <laughs> golf reference. Yes. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Dose and uh, Crunchy409. Both rated the show on Apple Podcasts, awesome. left a five-star review uh, and left comments saying how much they enjoy the show. That's the number one way, by the way, to support the podcast. We're going to be coming at you every single day that there's practice this summer during training camp. So go leave us a rating, leave us a comment. If you have a question that we'll get it on the show every single day, I'll try and incorporate some of your guys' questions uh, into these shows. They'll be a little bit shorter than normal Normal. Those of you that are looking for, you know, the, the typical Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, just to give you a, a heads up. Um, the day before preseason games, so those Wednesdays in August, we're, I'm going to be doing divisional previews. So I'm going to catch up with an analyst uh, covering Washington, New York, and Dallas, uh, previewing what those teams look like, how they'll match up with the Eagles this fall. We don't. We have four preseason. I, I was looking at the schedule the other day, uh, just looking at it in terms of quadrants and, and breaking it up into quarters. Four uh, division games to end the season. Wow, New York twice, Dallas and Washington, all to wrap up the uh, the regular I didn't season. Pick up on that; it's very interesting. But uh, so yeah, so that'll be coming this summer. So stay tuned for those Wednesdays before preseason games. Those will be divisional previews. Uh, one last revelation from practice today: the uh, the unveiling of the. The
1: new Rita's water ice Ooh. flavor, uh, Go Birds, a little apple peach combination. It's tremendous. Like. It's a bit of an adjustment though. I'm, <laughs> I've come to accept that lemon's going to be part of the lineup there. So we have the new flavor, no lemon. It's Ooh. a new season. See, I'm personally it's okay with moving lemon to the side. Yeah, but I'll more, tell you what, I'll adapt, I'll adjust, right. and then, you know we'll move forward from here. Yeah, we
2: had a chance actually to we sample did. it a yes, couple back weeks spring, ago, yep.
1: and. On point.
0: It's very, very it's good. Very, it's very good. So. Uh, and especially if you don't mind, like the color lasting in your mouth <laughs> I was for a while, that like, it's it's, like, it's great. It's great. it's a great parlor trick for uh, for those of you at home. But <laughs> uh, pads going on tomorrow. One one final thing. Anything that you guys are excited to see with pads going on tomorrow? We have no idea what the practice schedule is going to be, what to expect, but I would assume we'll we'll get some. Uh, you know, I don't know if we'll get like to the ground action, but maybe one on ones tomorrow, mm-hmm. things like that.
2: Yeah, O line, D line, no question. O line, D line. This is. I want to start. You guys do a very good job of. Picking up the details, watching the drills, the team drills live, and you know, collaborating with your notes. Because again, it, it is very funny that during practice, these two are joined at the hip. Well,
0: that might end tomorrow. The, tomorrow might well, be the first yes. time where it's like, all right, like, I'm going to stick with the seven on seven. You go watch one on one, something like that.
2: Um, but when you see the one on one, and obviously it, it's skewed for the defensive lineman to typically win, but still, nonetheless, you want to see you know the position, the hand usage of the offensive lineman, and you want to see the get off from the defensive lineman, the physicality. Um, across the board uh, one thing I'll stay sticking with the offensive line defensive line Jason Peters held his yearly I'm going to talk to reporters oh <laughs> nice summit he, he's typically good during during the season after games but usually during the week you're not going to find him right. in the locker room yep. whatsoever so it was my mission today didn't get him yesterday It was my mission today I was like I've got to stalk him out hmm. so after practice he's going off to the far field going off to the far field and I'm like all right, I'm I'm going down, JP. You're not getting getting by me, all right. Uh and then Paul which from the Daily News walking alongside uh. I'm like, Domo, who are you going for? JP. I'm like, all right, you know. <laughs> we both had our eye on him, uh and he drew a crowd and he he said that this is a bounce back year for him. Mm. Felt he came a little early. Came back a little early from the ACL injury Mm. and then had to battle through the bicep injury and other things that were sort of a result uh, of compensating because of the knee injury. uh, But feels 100%. Didn't want to end his career on on a down note. There's no doubt in his mind that he was coming back in 2019 after they left the uh, Superdome in New Orleans following the playoff loss. Um, He's just a man on the mission. I mean, Mm. He wants – same with Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles talked about, I want to play in the Super Bowl, not just you know win the, Super, win the Bowl Super, Bowl, Super Bowl, but yeah. I want to play in the game itself. Uh, so Jason Peters said the same thing, that he wants to play in the Super Bowl. Uh, being from Texas, he also talked about the Cowboys fans and the mm-hmm. rivalry down there, and he just goes, I'll just show you my ring. That's, a, that's kind of <laughs> right. Right. Go get on him. Be yep. like, oh, we beat you twice last year. He's like, do you want to see the ring? That's pretty <laughs> I also much wonder it. what
1: type of fire gets lit when they go and they draft that tackle in the first round. And he says wait hey, hold on a second yep. i'm not done here that's still sure. my spot to you know cool. to lose and as great as a mentor and a teacher as he is mm-hmm. i wonder if there's still a little bit of that competitive fire to say you know what they drafted my replacement in the first round that's the future left tackle but Hang on a second, young buck. I still have a couple reps left right. in me. What uh, What are you excited to see tomorrow? To be perfectly honest with you, I want some noise. Mm. I want to hear some thuds. Yep. I want to hear some cracks. I want to hear some grunting. We'll want... see.
0: We'll have more fans there tomorrow. And just once to, you start yeah.
1: hitting and you get the cracking, the thudding, and the grunting, you usually get a little chirping and some trash talking yep. to go yep. along with it. So these first two practices have been just a little quiet. So yep. I just want to hear some noise and hear some thuds and... And just get a little more uh, audible out there, which I know these football practices are usually not too shy about.
0: Yeah, I I love one-on-one. So whether it's O-line, D-line, wide receiver DB, how about some 9-on-7? I want to get some 9-on-7 action going as well. So uh, we'll be back here tomorrow right around this time to uh, reveal everything that we see from the first padded practice. Until then, thanks for joining us here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade.